Well, praise the Lord. Today I'd like to begin today's message by praying for the people of Ukraine. To be able to pray for those that are being driven up from their homes by bombings from Russia. But more than that, I want to pray that God would bring peace to this world. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have received your power through the Holy Spirit, your ability, your efficiency, and your might because of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit has come upon us and we are your witnesses around the world. As prayer partners, prayer warriors of spiritual awareness, Lord, we go forth presenting the gospel to the lost and bringing them into salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that there are many, many Christians in Ukraine. Christianity has come around through that, through that nation, that country. But today, Lord God, all of that is in jeopardy. We fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a good time for every need, appropriate help, and well-timed help coming just when this nation needs it in the cities of Ukraine. And they need it, Lord. They need you to intercede on their behalf. Yes, NATO and all the countries and sending them weapons of war but what we need, Lord, is the love of God to come down upon both nations and bring about peace. Father, I thank you for sending forth your commandments to this earth. Your words run very swiftly throughout Ukraine. Your word continues to grow and to spread throughout all this world. Let us bring peace, Lord, through your intervention. Let us bring peace to this world. Father, we seek, we inquire for, we require and request the peace and the welfare of Ukraine in which you have those people living. Father, we pray to you for the welfare of the cities of this country and do our part by getting involved in it through prayer. We will not let false prophets and diviners who are in our midst deceive us. We pay no attention to the television and all the reports, for we know what's going on there. Many of us have been in war, but Lord, the greatest thing that we can send to Ukraine is our love and our prayers, that you would intercede on their behalf. Holy Spirit, we ask you to visit the cities and open the eyes of their people that they may turn from the darkness to the light and from the power of war through Satan to God so that they may thus receive forgiveness and release from their sins and place that portion among those who are, are, are consecrated and purified by the faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we, we invoke you now as a servant, we ask, Lord God, send angels, legions of angels to encamp about this country 
put a hedge of protection over their cities and over their citizens. That this man of war would get so tired, so frustrated, he would back out and go back to Russia where he belongs. This is a sovereign nation, Lord God, under God. And we pray thee, Lord God, touch them, fill them, be with them, love them, and protect them. In Jesus' name we pray, and I pray each and every one of you would shout a loud amen, and amen, and amen. Today, we will be in Matthew 26, 28, John chapter 12, 31 through 33, Hebrews 9, 27 and 28, 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27, Matthew 9, 17, Romans 12 and 2. The Bible says, come and let us reason together. Could we not put that out to Russia and Ukraine? The Lord says, come and let us reason together. There is something we have to reason together so that we are the victorious people we were saved to be. Pleading the blood of Jesus has been a part of the faith of the old timers when they experienced attacks from the devil and needed healing, etc. Basically, it was the saints' resort whenever a need arose, and a need is arising right now in Ukraine, in the country of Ukraine. All the promises of the Bible for God's people were claimed by pleading the blood of Jesus. And I pray today that we can we can bleed we can plead the blood of Jesus upon this nation and upon all the nations that are coming to the aid of the country of Ukraine. This understanding has has been lost for the most part in today's world. We're too, we're too swift to say war and too slow to say peace. Come, let us reason together. In a world of prosperity, preachers who, who tell you that God wants you to own a, a Rolls Royce and a miracle workers drawing thousands of people who want to see something happen. Much of the vi uh, vital truths of the Bible have been replaced by sensationalism. Searching uh, studies of, of the miraculous or the prosperous of God. God does not accomplish some sensational acts sometimes. And he can bless us and prosper us, but not all the time. This is a time of war the world has not seen. Since the World War I and World War II, it's beginning to get bloody. But I want you to know there is one thing that works all the time and is there for us all the time. And that is the simple, basic truth concerning the cross of Jesus Christ. That cross at Calvary. Come, 
let us reason together. The terms like pleading the blood, the power in the blood, and cherishing the old rugged cross are all but lost for today's people. Who understands these things? Ask yourself, what pleading of the blood really means? What does cherishing the old rugged cross mean? What does power in the blood refer to? Every time I preach about the blood, a surge of boldness rises up in me and challenge any demon anywhere, anytime, because I have the blood of Jesus. I have at my fingertips the legions of angels via the blood of Jesus. To understand the power of the blood is to enter into the Christianity that lacks no power in any situation. Any situation. To plead means to advocate a case in court. It means to speak in favor of a certain decision. And in our case, today, on this broadcast, pleading the blood means to point to the blood as our basis for claiming whatever we need to calm that peace that we're asking God to perform in, in, in this world. As though we were in a court case where we claimed innocence based upon certain proofs. To plead the blood means to claim rights to whatever we need. And all true Christians can do this. All true Christians can do this. Come, let us reason together. True Christians baptized into Jesus' death can claim the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. This is so because the blood is the embodiment of everything that is involved with the thought of Jesus' death on Calvary. We're not pointing to red fluid that flows through the veins of the body by being pumped by a heart. The term the blood is representative of Jesus' death. And resurrection. When we sing power in the blood, we are not pointing to gooey red thick liquid from the body. Blood is the body means of life. The body, the blood out of the body means death. In Matthew 26 and 28, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remissions of sin. Glory to God. Is it not time that we as Christians plead the blood of Jesus over this war? Over all nations of the world. And by pleading the blood, asking God to bring peace and tranquility to the world around us. Come, let us reason together about God. Notice that Jesus is, said, the blood is shed. Hear what he says. I want you to notice this, that Jesus said, the blood is shed. That speaks of death. Jesus' death is different than anybody else's death. 
In John chapter 12, verse 31 through 33, now is the judgment of this world. Say it with me. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all mankind unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Jesus referred to his death as a drawing all mankind unto himself. And I'm, pro, I'm saying mankind instead of men. This means that his death would become the death of all people who believed. People who believe in the gospel are people who are, were baptized into Jesus Christ, into his death. And believing that his death became their deaths of their sin. People, uh, when I had Judy on, on Sunday, people, people oftentimes ask me why I get so passionate, why I get so dramatic, why I get so excited when I preach the word of God. Why do I shout from the rafters, from the mountaintops? I shout because when I first met Jesus, I had a blackened heart. A heart of anger, a heart of rage, a sinner's heart. And then by the glory of Almighty God, Jesus reached in and yanked that blackened heart out and replaced it with a heart of flesh. One that could love. One that could, would get excited about Jesus. One that would repent and live my life to the fullest in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout amen out there. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands to heaven and just give God a praise right now? So Jesus referred to his death as a drawing all men unto himself, all mankind unto himself. This means that, that his death would become the death of all people, I said. People who believe the gospel. We all heard people say that Jesus died for us. I know everyone out there has heard that. So what does that really mean? What does that mean? Is it that we don't have to die because he died for us? No. It is meant for all to die once. He died because he had to die. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, I'm going to say it again, as it is appointed unto all mankind once to die, I'm in the, the uh, new, new Bible. But after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Unto salvation. Because we have to die once. Now I hate to break that to you. But we all. As it is appointed unto mankind once to die. I'm paraphrased and I know. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. We were dead in sin. We were dead in sin. When the Bible says 
that he died for us, for you and I. It concludes that God considers us, you and I, to have died in our sin. And when the Bible says for us, it means as us. It means we experienced it through his experience. When I go into the watery grave of baptism, I'm essentially being put into the ground, into the grave, dead in sin. And I arise out of the water, hallelujah, of baptism, a new creation through Christ Jesus. So when the Bible says for us, it means as us. It means we experienced it through his experience of death. Dying for us, dying for you and I, means we are dead to sin. Glory to God, now we must apply this truth to our lives today. We do not really believe something until we act upon it, until we apply it to ourselves in everyday experiences. So we need to plead the blood. You say to me, I've got a child and, and I don't know what to do with that child. That child is out of control. That child is drinking. That child is, is on drugs. That child is, is doing whatever away from God. And you say, I don't know what to do. Plead the blood of Jesus on that child. Hallelujah. So we need to plead the blood as we go through troubles and tribulations. That's what it means. We will teach on this subject this week and next week to really get into your hearts. So this then is the guts of the gospel. So let me show you an example today. Your past is passed away. Now this is a big thing for people to understand. They can't really get it in their head that once they've accepted Christ, once they've Release the power of Jesus Christ of the Holy Spirit in their body, mind, spirit, and soul around them in the world around them in their space. That their past has now passed away. It's covered in the blood of Jesus. God can look down and see upon you, but he cannot see the sin because it's covered in the blood of Jesus. Second Corinthians says that we died through Jesus's death. Say that with me. We died through Jesus's death. In 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man, listen to me, if any person, and I'm paraphrasing here for you ladies, therefore if any person be in Christ, they are a new creature, a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His passing away was our passing away. Paul and the apostles would not look at people after the flesh. In other words, he did not care about anything. Their, their past involvements. We were all born after the flesh. And then if we are saved, say that with me, if we are saved, we were born after the Spirit of God. Oh, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you give God, just lift your hands to heaven and shout amen one time. It'll make you feel better. Glory to God. Paul only concerned himself with what was after the Spirit. If you were a murderer and got saved, Paul would not consider your past at all. 
the murderer died in Christ. Old things passed away. When when Christ passed away and died, all things became new in Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you today, God is watching after you and he's watching after the country of Ukraine right now in the name of Jesus. So do not look at brothers and sisters after the flesh. The flesh we have is still the same flesh we had before we were saved. Our spirits are made new when we are saved. You can put down that alcohol bottle. You can put away that syringe or drugs or whatever you're doing. You can put away all those things that are tormenting you because you're pleading the blood of Jesus. After your human spirit is made new, you need to get his spirit into your spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now continuing. In Ezekiel 36, verse 26 through 27. 36, 26, and 27. A new heart also will I give you. I just told you about Christ taking out my blackened heart. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. Are you listening? You say there's no hope for your child. You say there's no hope for you or your loved one. Are you listening to Ezekiel 36, 26 and 26? A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Glory to God. Can you plead the blood of Jesus on that loved one? You know, we say, okay, well, I pray for them. In my it, When I kneel at night or when I sit in my bed, I pray for my loved one. But you haven't pled the blood of Jesus upon them. New bottles are created to contain new wine, right? A new wine is God's spirit. Matthew 9 and 17, neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. What I'm telling you is to plead Jesus upon the crown of the hedge of the soles of the feet of your loved one. And God will create a new creature, a new bottle to maintain his spirit in. Hallelujah. Our minds, our souls are being renewed in times like this. Right now in this broadcast, when we are hearing God's word, hallelujah. Romans 12 and 2, and be not conformed to this world. Say it with me, and be not conformed to this world. Don't be just like everybody else. You're a child of God. But be ye transformed, say that word, transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the flesh is the same as it was before salvation. Many believers' minds are also the same, but they can be changed and renewed right now. Whereas the flesh cannot be changed now. But since, listen to what I'm going to tell you. 
But since the flesh is still the same as it always was, it is easy to look at people after the flesh and connect that person's soul with the past experiences that are really no longer a part of that soul since salvation. Many mistakes that we make is that someone gets saved and we can only see their past. Well, if God cannot see their past, then how can you? Let it go. This is a new this is a new creation in Christ. I've heard it said many times. Well, I knew that person before they got saved. Let me tell you about their past life. You don't need to tell anybody nothing. Judge not lest she be judged. But do not look at people after their flesh. Look at them after the spirit according to what state their human spirit is in. And since God gives us a new spirit to then put his spirit within us, and since all things are passed away in our co-crucifixion with Christ, we must look at people in that light and no connections to their past. Stop beating them up <coughs> with their past, please. Let God's spirit work within them. Look at them as though their past had passed away. I always say it. The past is the past. That's why they call it the past. It's Jesus plus nothing, Sister Chris used to say. That's the reality anyhow. No matter what embarrasses or shameful past you may have, true mature believers do not even consider it because they know it's gone and it's covered in the blood of Jesus. And who are you to say that you see what God does no longer see? It passed away. It's buried in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth know ye no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if any person be in Christ, they are a new creation. A new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have now become new. Paul did not even look at Jesus after the flesh, before the crucifixion. For then he was humble, and he was meek, and he was a servant. But now he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and he sits on the throne beside his Father. The only link that you have to your past in reality is not that it is so much a part of you that you will never be free of it. Your only link is recorded memory of it in your mind, in your mind's eye. That is all the connection that you have with your past. And many of you cannot hold tight that straight and narrow path to God because you continually plummet yourself back into your past, continually beating yourself up. Well, that's... I was an alcoholic or I was a drug I was drug addicted. You know, that's your past. It's gone away. God can't see it, so quit looking at it. It doesn't belong to you anymore. Your your only link is recorded in your memory. That is all the connection that you have with your past. If all things have passed away, then they're no longer part of you, right? That refers to all of your past. When memories that get you down start uh, to, to plague your mind, plead the blood of Jesus. 
Just plead the blood of Jesus. When you're passing that beer joint and you and you say, I can't pass it. I got to turn in. Plead the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And let the Holy Spirit carry you past that beer joint, past that bar, past that dealer that you, deals drugs. When memories that get you down start to plague your mind, I want you to just plead the blood of Jesus. The devil will throw such thoughts at you. And many times you throw them at yourself. I'm no good. I'm not I'm not any good for anyone around me. Oh, is me get out of that pity pot mentality that the devil's got you in and plead the blood of Jesus upon yourself. So plead the blood of Jesus as you claim your right to be uh, not to be pestered by those thoughts any longer, by those demon thoughts. You have a right, listen to me, you have a right to be free of condemnation from the past on the basis of the death of Jesus Christ that became your death when you were baptized into it and making it no longer a part of you. Hallelujah. Let it go. It's the past. And God can't see your past, so you shouldn't be able to see it either. For you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus, a new creature. Recently made flesh, recent, unused, unworn. The Greek word for new means fresh or unworn. Your life is unworn now. You're a brand new babe in Christ. So you can guide your direction. Your past can have nothing to do with you now because what you are now is unworn. It's unused. Glory to God. Woo! I'm telling you, glory to God. We just need to plead the blood of Jesus. And I want you to, at the end of this message, I want you to spend a few moments in prayer pleading the blood of Jesus over the country of Ukraine. Your old used to exist. Your old used up existence, wore out by sin and made old by evil, is gone. And you now have an existence that you never wore before the cross of Jesus. You never carried this new existence into anything sinful from your past. It's alien to your past. It's a brand new life. Live it for Jesus. The life that all uh, the, the life and all its baggage that you used to carry is gone, is gone. So many people come to the altar we lay hands upon them, and before they leave the altar, they pick up that big old bundle of uh, of, of past, that baggage, and they carry it right back to the, to the front door again. It's gone. Gone. G-O-N-E. The death of Jesus destroyed the old person. It destroyed it. And when you meet Jesus, a new creation is born. In Romans 6 and 6, knowing this, that... Our old man or old woman is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin but serve Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you listening? Crucified. Crucified. Destroyed. Jeremiah 31, 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God. And they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, 
know the Lord, for they shall all know me, for the least of them and to the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Listen to me. Paul, Paul brought all Gentiles into the fold of Christ. No wonder he will not remember their sin anymore. He destroyed who they were and crucified who they used to be. Hallelujah. I pray that you're listening to me right now. If you're fighting a battle with drug addiction, if you're fighting a battle with alcoholism, whatever your battle is that you're fighting, I pray that you would listen to me today. He destroyed who you used to be and crucified who you used to be. That covenant is the new covenant that Christ made with all of us. Praise God. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, continuing. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with the glory of honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man, woman, and child. I'm paraphrasing. He tasted death for every one of us. Death is the end of all lifetime. It's the end of all its experiences. He tasted the end of all your past as you. And now he indwells within you. That means in God's eyes, your past has been destroyed and you are free from all of it to start a new life, a new life in Jesus Christ. Plead the blood. When your past torments your mind, claim your freedom from it based upon the death of Christ that caused your old life to be destroyed and say to the devil and his and his imps, those demons from hell. I plead the blood of Jesus from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. If you're praying for your child, claim the blood of Jesus from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet and tell the devil be gone. In the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Destroying evidence means that nothing is left to convict a person. Claim your freedom from it. Based upon the death of Jesus Christ that caused your whole life to be destroyed. It was, it was that devil. Your old life has been destroyed by Jesus. The minute you opened your heart, your soul, your mind, your spirit, unto him, the Lord Jesus. Not only was your evidence of sin destroyed, but you were destroyed on the cross, just like Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus, you went to the cross. For you too were crucified of the flesh and resurrected in the spirit of the Lord. And who you are now, is a person who did not exist prior to baptism into the death. The cross is not something we came across halfway through our lives. The kind of talk is void of what the Bible teaches about the cross. We were born crucified. And I'm going to say it again. We were born crucified. It's the beginning of our new life in Jesus. Not something that can occur halfway through our life. It's the end of one life and the beginning <coughs> of a new one. The only way that your past can affect you is if you dwell on recording of it in your memory.
erase it. It's gone. But I hear recordings of singers who have died. They no longer exist. And I know that, that and you know that. You listen to music by a singer from, from the, the 60s or the 50s, or wherever your time period may be, who died several years ago. And that is something that seems alive right now. But it's only a recording. It's only a recording. That person no longer exists, nor even sings anymore. That's they're singing in the heavenly choir. <coughs> so we need to think like that when it comes to our memories of our past. Yeah, they're memories, but they're only memories in, in the past, of the past. And they cannot be brought into the future with Jesus Christ. Let it go. Let go and let God. Your past can only affect your affect you according to how much you doubt or are unaware of the destruction of the old man on the cross through Christ's death. They're no longer a part of our actual experience or our existence right now. So if you link your present existence to your destroyed past, then you are, are the problem here. You can't let it go. Let it go. Let God. I said this before, and I wish to repeat it again. It is so powerful when you plead the blood of Jesus. Living by faith is seeing yourself as God sees you now. If you take something that is not a part of your a, a, a part of you anymore, and and you think it is still is a part of you, as you try to remove the grief of the past. You are not getting the truth of the cross into your heart. One saved person tried destroying all pictures of oneself from one's past in order to psychologically remove all guilt and bad memories of one's past. That is resulting from one still linking the past to the present Christian life. If you're delving into your past, no matter how bad it is or how good, you're not concentrating on being in the presence with Christ. It is against the teaching of the Bible. It contradicts the word in revelation of the cross of Jesus. See, I'm not ashamed of the things I did in the past because they are not a part of me any longer. So why should I be ashamed of them? Yes, they were shameful. But the person to whom they belong is gone. <coughs> and the one to be ashamed is dead and gone. Someone else tried going to the past through memory regression. Went to a hypnotist. Trying to find out why they act like they do today due to the past influences. The past is no longer a part of us any longer. Let it go. Let go. Let God. The cross cut it off. The cross of Jesus Christ. Cut off your past from you, if you but accept Christ by your faith and let go of what was before. All things means everything. Say it with me. All things mean everything. Let go of everything. Everything from our past lives is passed away and buried. And behold, we are made a new creation. In Christ Jesus. Yes, you still have the recording of that life in your memory. But it's all according to how you deal with it now that you have it. 
if you understand that it's only like a recording and it's not alive any longer in within you and that person is not present with you, then it will not condemn you. All the condemnation your old life deserved was, was wrought upon Christ at Calvary's cross. One of those drops of blood that fell from Christ was your drop of blood and you've been washed in it. That is the reason Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world in John chapter 12, when he spoke of his death. My judgment already occurred for the things of my past. Plead the blood of Jesus when those thoughts torment you. Lay claim to your death in Christ Jesus when he died. It's your right to guilt-free living today through Jesus Christ. You have a right. Plead your case by the blood. Stand upon the proof. Say, I rebuke this thought and refuse to allow it to torment me because I stand upon the fact that I and all those past experiences died with Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. I claim my right to blood, to freedom from guilt of the past due to the cross and the blood of Jesus. In other words, due to my baptism into the Je Jesus' death, making it my death, and death cuts off the entire life with all its past failures. Satan, every demon, every angel, especially God knows what the blood of Jesus means. Now you need to know. Now you need to know. It's a death that drew all people into him to experience his death and to claim the ramifications of being dead in Christ. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Romans 6, 7, turn there. Romans 6, 7, mark it in your Bible. Underline it, highlight it. For he or she that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 8, I mean Romans 6, verse 8, says that we are dead with Christ. Some translations say in Christ. Romans 6, 8, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live within him and him within us. Now, I've added to that. The scripture in Romans 6, 8, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. But when you accept Christ, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus through remission of sins, when you accept the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Christ dwells within you and you within him. Everything that is Jesus since he died is ours since we join to him in his death. That is the reason we read that Christ dies no more and is free from death's dominion since he died once already, for it is appointed to all mankind to die once. Excuse me, I'm going to grab a drink of water. Romans 6, 9 and 10. I'm going to be in Romans 6, 9, 10 and 11. In closing, Romans 6, 9. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death had no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died into sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Verse 8 says that we are dead with him. Therefore we read in Romans 6 and 11, Likewise reckon ye, 
That's us. All of us. All that are listening to this broadcast. Also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Plead the blood of Jesus. Come. Let us reason together. Reckon yourselves dead to sin. Because verse 7 says, He that is dead is freed from sin and freed from your past. If you keep going, living over and over and over, over again in your sin, in your past, then you've not accepted Christ as Savior and Lord. For when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, into you, the past is past. That's why they call it the past. If we can believe the Bible enough, our past will absolutely lay no claim nor effect upon our lives today whatsoever. Say that word, whatsoever. I won't even think about my past. I'll think about my future in Christ. If a person connects that memory recording to their present lives as Christians, that is their unbelief and lack of maturity in Christ acting out. You must fully accept Jesus Christ. You must fully plead the blood of Christ upon you and believe it to receive it. Now, we have strength that we never had before because today we have Jesus Christ in our lives. Did you fret in your old life when certain troubles came? Did, <laughs> you did not have Christ then. How could you succeed? But things are different now. For today, you have Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. Right now, Father, in the name of heaven, I plead the blood of Jesus upon every listener of this broadcast. I plead the blood of Jesus upon those that are in need, those that have past connected with alcoholism or, or drug abuse, those that have a past connected with, with uh, pornography or with what, whatever it may be that you were connected with, your past is gone when you accept Christ into your soul. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. There is something we have to reason together so that we are the victorious people we were saved to be. Now, I made this. I got to rolling on that computer and I got to typing and the spirit came and took me. And, and I just I did enough for probably three messages. So I'm going to finish this up next Wednesday. And I want you to pray this week. I want you to pray the blood of Jesus. Just plead the blood of Jesus for understanding. And if you've never came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to play, pray this week. Pleading the blood of Jesus over you. That next week when I end this message. I will present to you a sinner's prayer that if you do not know Jesus, if you've not put away the past, you can't get away from it. Next Wednesday, I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of you at the end of the message and ask you to come to know Jesus Christ and let your past 
become your past. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You've been listening to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. I want to thank you for tuning in for today. And I pray that you get something out of this message, pleading the blood of Jesus. I prepared this message and got so carried away. Next Wednesday, I'll do the other half. But I'd like you to turn your Bibles to Isaiah 1.18. Isaiah 1.18. And throughout the week, I want you to just go to this message and and read it and pray it, pleading the blood of Jesus over your loved ones. Isaiah 1, 18, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now may the Lord bless you, may keep you, may he make his face to shine upon you until he brings us back again. Please continue to pray for this world, that peace would come. I mean, it's not only Ukraine and Russia, it's China and and the, the places that China wants to take over, uh, Hong Kong, and It's time that we, as Christians, rose up, pled the blood of Jesus over this world, and through our prayer, pray peace be upon this world. And may the peace of God be upon you today.